The League presents Electric People. Electric People, you asked for it. Stu Mega is in the building. You should legally change your middle name to Mega. I'm down. Tell the people where Mega comes from. Some of our listeners don't listen to don't or know don't what a sell. megawatt is. Yeah, they don't sell solar. And before I sold solar, I didn't know what a megawatt was. It's true. I didn't I didn't know what anything was. Uh, in 2016, I hit my first megawatt of install in the kilowatts and it's a thousand kilowatts it was a milestone it's still a milestone we, i know we go by hundreds of installs now but uh, <laughs> a, th- a megawatt is how many installs roughly uh like on from your east coast like to west coast 170 like yeah. yeah 100 and some change you got crowned with the mega mm-hmm. and now you are the unofficial but pushing to be the official mayor of Visalia, California, just right. the gem of the Central Coast. Oh, right. we call him the king of Visalia. The king he of owns Visalia. <laughs> He's been there how long now, Stu? Been here for seven years, and I'll never leave. I'm leaving never <laughs> in a box. Hey, <laughs> man, he owns that. I'm leaving in a box. It's funny because when you sell people, you know, you meet like your older customers, and you're like, okay, any plans to move? And that's what they say. Yep. They'll have to carry me out of here, or <laughs> I'm leaving in a box. That's how right. old are you, Stu? I'm 34. 34 and already claiming to leave mm-hmm. in a box. That's right. So fun fact, Stu Mega Watson and Michael Nathaniel Brand. Close. Yeah, close enough. I'm sticking with Nathaniel. I know it's Richard. Ooh, that's impressive, actually. Yeah. Uh, our cousins. We've got a little bit of podcast nepotism today. Not by choice. Yeah, Let me yes. just say that. You had, you had well, no, actually, only no by choice, actually. <laughs> yeah. Specifically, he wanted to be my cousin. Yeah. So he married my cousin. That's what he. That's that's, that's why. I by choice. He's sitting yeah, down, boarding. Like, how could I get that dude in my family <laughs> that's right. tree? It had nothing to do with Tammy. Yep. Everything to do with Stu. So Stu, we met when you came to you came to California. I knew of you, but you guys worked together in New York, right? Yeah, yeah. We actually worked together selling home security back in 2010. So that's how I met Stu. Oh, was really? Out on the doors. Yep. When Friends he was before you were family. That's right. He was courting my cousin. So, uh, 2010, we worked in Northern California. I can't remember actually. El Grove, Sacramento. Sacramento. Yeah. Oh yeah, Sacramento. And then I followed Mike for two more seasons. Summer Vivant. We went to uh, Cleveland and then Chicago. And then I was done. I was done with the door, so I was never going to do it again. Says every alarm that's rep right. ever. That's right. <laughs> three, three years is my school. max, too. I, I was done. That's three right. summers is good. I was, but you yeah. went from Sacramento to Cleveland to where? To Chicago. Yeah, those aren't like, those are those will do it to you. That's some like, yeah. that's some miles. It's a very different demographic than Utah where you grew up. You got to become something. You got to become something to thrive in those markets. Yeah, I mean, if you're knocking Gary, Indiana, you're questioning your life. Or, right? you're, you're I just, love you're, Gary and South Chicago it. is it's when I was questioning it. the murder capital of the world, like, right? Gary so, is over yeah. Flint? Yeah. They're probably close. You just made I mean, you have no idea what the murder <laughs> capital of the world is. Uh, it was Stockton, our first, actually. <laughs> it's funny, though, like, whenever you run into people, like, at the airport or whatever, and you ask them where they're from, you're like, oh, I'm from Indiana. And you're like, where? And they're like, you wouldn't know it. And you're like, try me. Like, <laughs> I've noticed that selling security does that. You find yourself in these like really remote pockets and you kind of become one of the people. That's right. Know? That's right. That's awesome, man. So what brought you into solar? Um, so I went to went back to school when I swore off I was going to do alarms. And then um, school. Why do we do that? Why do we swear it off? It's just like what Branson said. You know, we have to we have to f- dabble. We have to yeah. know that we didn't make the right decision. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, it's weird. Like, I I was the same way. Like, when I first started, I don't know. I wish there was a way for people to start with the mentality. Because, like, one of the things that you're known for is, like, you're you're, you're everybody's favorite. Like, there's nobody that doesn't like being around you and your positivity and stuff. But to hear you say, yeah, after year one or two, just get me out of here. I never want to do it again. That's just not the stew that I know. Yeah, alarms was hard. It was different. And then uh, that's what Mike said. That was his whole pitch. Like, hey... If you and your friends come out, I'll give you some gift cards, Nike gift cards. <laughs> so I got a $50 gift card for If you've been recruited in the last five years, you just don't realize how different <laughs> It's a little is. different, like, man. You got yeah. Mike, who had never really sold a solar account, didn't install one for, what, six to eight months after you started? It took a while. Probably. Offering gift time. cards to, what, like Nike and Subway or something. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you're, you're like a Nike. young adult. As like, much Subway as you want yeah. if you come out and sell solar. We will buy you Subway every day. That's right. 
So you came out to New York. We went to New York, yeah. And actually, it was perfect aligned because back then they would give a draw. I didn't have any money. I'd blown it all. It was April. Uh, so explain what the draw is. So the we draw, used to call it CAD money. Yeah, CAD money. CAD money. They give you sixty dollars a kilowatt for when you got a design. And actually, when you first got recruited, it was like four thousand um, dollars. Once of, you signed a lease, right? Once you signed a lease. Once you showed yep. some commitment. So I went from a five hundred dollar <laughs> lease in Utah to fifteen hundred dollars in New York, and I was like, okay, I, I can do it for two months. I, I get two months, and then you I'll give them fifteen hundred. Yeah tripled but that doesn't get you much in new york no nope, i lived in a shoebox for two yeah. years were you married at this time i was married we had we had just had our first baby before she was four months old so what's it were you on long island long island yep i moved to hop hog what hop year was new this? york in 2013 is that like a um like an apartment mm-hmm it was a it was a basement apartment so we found some people that go to the church and they had a basement like it was a two-bedroom one bath and they're like, yeah, we'll rent you for fifteen hundred bucks. That's all you need, man. That's all Two we need. Two bedroom, one bath. What? What an adventure. Five kids later, and now. yeah, now <laughs> I need a little bigger house because I got five kids now. Dude, what? So what was uh, like? What was the feeling when you came there? Like, what was like the feeling with you and your wife? Was it nervousness? Was it fear? Was it excitement? I mean, New York is pretty insane, right? Like, it was a little bit of everything right but it wasn't fear I, I feel like i knew i could do it and mike had a proven record of it he had already he was running the office there was i think when i got there there was probably 15 of us mm. at the time and it was just endless possibility and lipo was the light company i had no idea how to sell solar they you know dropped me off in hood and they're like hey go ahead, tell people that we do free solar and it's cheaper power they like he drops you off and rolls down the window hey Stu, yeah remind them it doesn't cost any upfront money okay bud you'll be great <laughs> like i didn't know yeah and we had those big paper like travel map uh ppas yeah i didn't know where i had to mark yeah zero it was literally or... like those things were 18 inches long right like yeah yep. you fold them like origami and That's you put right. them in the folder and then the process back then was you had to sign the PPA at first visit so you could right. schedule a site survey. You signed and do PPA, a welcome call. Did a welcome call. That's yeah. right. So you could schedule a site survey. So you could hopefully come back with the design yeah. like In a, a few weeks, weeks later. Yeah. And show them what we might be able to do. And you remember at that time we had learned, it was a couple of years probably after that, but we had learned that if the customer will give payment at initial visit, they were a stronger customer. So again, I just love, I love like, the other day I was in uh, Albuquerque and I was talking about what it was like in 2013. And this kid, he looked young. He's in the front row. I hope he's listening. But I was like, hey, how old are you? And where were you in 2013? He was like, uh, fourth grade. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, it, it's always fun for me for like, if you're started selling, even in the last three years, like, think about that. Like you said, Mike had so a proven different. record and he had 15 people in the office. Yeah. By all accounts, 15 people in an office is not a proven record. And how Nothing. many installs did you probably have at the time, Mike? Like eight? I don't know. Did we have any? Did you come out after July? I came July 31st. Yeah. So that was, the, that was the first month that we started getting installs. Yeah. We opened the market in March and it took, it took three months to get a permit. Yeah. And yeah. So. so you moved across the country with your wife and baby into a $1,500 shoebox in Long Island mm -hmm. and saw endless possibility. That's, right. That's so awesome. It was crazy. But uh, the other thing is, is I feel like we also had, uh, we were the first there too. Yeah. There was nobody, yeah. nobody was knocking doors for solar. Nobody was doing it. And then by the time I left, there was one other company and I was like, oh, maybe this will be big. Yeah, I was <laughs> it's like, getting oh. crazy. It's getting hey, crazy. It's, hey, the hood's taken. You're yeah. on Long Island, yeah, the I most know. densely populated it's, place. Yeah, but. Dude, that's was, so crazy. So when uh, a lot of times people will say, oh, well, selling in the early days, it must have been easy because the market was fresh. But the interesting thing is, yes, like it's probably easy to have a conversation, but you don't have credibility issues now. But remember back right. then people were like, this is a scam. So There's no way. Well, Mike, get out of here. Mike would also roll down his window and yell, "It's a scam!" <laughs> and before I would knock my first door, off. or you do you a drive-by sell scam, scam while he's on yeah. the door. So that was always fun. It's just this like totally like pure intention guy, like 
trying to like fumble your words yeah. as your cousin's uh, hurling water right. balloons at you. What are you. cousins for, man? Yeah, that's right. So how long were you in Long Island? How long were you in New York? Uh, for about two years, almost two years. So from July and then uh, I think I interviewed with you March I was gonna say, 2015. I, I, was, I was hoping we'd talk about this because yes. I remember that initial interview. Yes, I hope you were going to bring it up too. Actually. Yeah, so what were your impressions of it? Uh, so huge. For, for, sorry, for the listeners, yeah. like what we used to do is we used to just put out these, like, we called them an open rack, and we still do it, like, commonly to see who's interested because we want everyone to have a chance to lead. But that's how we, like, filled markets is we'd say, hey, we, we're opening a new market. We right. didn't build it. We're just, we want to open it. So who wants the job of a leader? And you'd fill out, like, a formal application. That's right. And then I would read the application, and I would ask you a series of interview questions. I was crazy nervous. And our CEO at the time, and I, this is what you probably were going to bring up, was named Greg Butterfield. I called him Greg Butterworth. I, and I, I, I got off the phone like, no, nope, like, didn't, didn't get it, didn't get it, didn't get it, but nope. Greg Butterworth. What you didn't realize is you were the only applicant. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. What a crazy thing, dude. So, and when you came over, what year was that? Was that 15? 15. 15. Yep. So the pay would have been. It what? had just got bumped from 200 to 250 a, yeah. a kilowatt. I got and 250 I was like, a kilowatt. I was like, we California's amazing. They just paid us more. Here's the interesting thing, though. Mike was still in New York yeah. at the time. And the thing I think is really cool and just a really awesome leadership lesson is you've kind of already started with this idea of abundance. Like, hey, I, you know, a lot of people would have looked at that first opportunity like, hey, there's nothing here. You looked at there's only opportunity. Yeah. Well, that's the same with Visalia. You come to Visalia with relatively, like pretty much no direct to home leadership experience yeah. in a market where we had no presence. But Mike, as the leader, sent somebody that he had recruited, developed from his market completely across the country to start a new office. Right, and but, I regret it. Well, whether you regret it or not. <laughs> No, all joking aside, so I still, this is one of the things I, I remember most vividly about um, that experience in that time is I pulled Stu into the office and we'd been talking about leadership and development about him like growing to the next step. We'd both never sold a solar account on the West Coast. We had no idea. We'd never even flown out there. Yeah. And we were trying to decide between like a coastal market and Visalia and like which market would be best. And the way we chose Visalia is we were like, well, Fresno is above it. Wait, Bakersfield is above it, right? Fresno. Fresno is right. above it. My, my geography's not great. They're above, and then who is below? Bakersfield. Bakersfield. Yeah. So it's between Fresno and Bakersfield. Those are two really good markets that are cranking, and Visalia is right in the middle. Should be pretty good. Yeah. I don't know. Like it, sound, like it should be good, but there's no one on the coast or like close to that market. And so that's how we chose. Like we literally had a map pulled up of California and like yep. we're like throwing pins at the map saying, okay, apply for this. You so know? I remember uh, this very vividly because it was three markets. It was slow. So that's directly on our coast. So it's same longitude or same latitude and it's just on our coast. And then it was Berkeley and then it was Visalia. And uh, at the time, I, it, Fresno was crushing and Bakersfield were crushing. And Mike, you know, I don't know if he knew this. He obviously, maybe he didn't. But it was like, hey, you don't want to take the arrows in the back when you're starting a new uh, office. They already had their operations figured out. Yeah. Right. And so they, right. it was, I didn't have to go out and start fresh, fresh. It was like, hey, Fresno's 45 minutes away. Can you send a tech down and, use you know, get trucks. site surveys, yeah. use their trucks? Mm -hmm. And and it wasn't it wasn't uh, a brand brand new market. I couldn't. I don't think I could have done it. Well, it still was though. I mean, you had some operational support, but as far as sales, there was nothing. And right. like a lot of people, um, building sales teams is hard, right? It's like a really unique thing. It's gotten easier now because um, obviously, like the pay has increased exponentially, right? Like yeah. the it's proven people know people that have had success in it. But before that, like. What were the main methods to recruit a team? Like when you came out here, what did you guys, where did you start? Just at the gym. Yeah. Chipotle. Yeah. The grocery store. <laughs> and you it's laugh everywhere. about it, but dude, like for real, people don't realize how good they have it. Because I remember sitting with like Jason Crown, we started the office together and being like, hey, who, 
who sells stuff on a commission? We're like phone people. All right, you go to this one and I'll go to this one. And we'd like, or like waiters and stuff like that. Like that's, you move and then you go into a market. You're like, well, let's find some employees. It'd be like if you're like, remember like the Mighty Ducks when they're like going around looking for kids <laughs> that can play hockey? It's like that. They're like I saw this kid hitting a, a, a you know, a, a slap shot in the alley. Let's find him. It's like that. I remember like right. the people on my initial wish, wish list were like guy that sold me my Prius. Mike Brand had a Prius and he swore by it. So I got a Prius. Yeah, of course. It's one of the greatest cars I ever owned. Yeah. And look at I, gas prices now. See, who's right. laughing now? That's right. Right. I also so had awesome. a Prius because of Mike. I just yeah. do what Mike does. You <laughs> and know it seems what I mean? to work out. And it works out. But there's two things that are great about that because Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was before we even had a senior leadership team. Right. Right. So most most companies yeah. do this backwards. Most companies establish their like senior leadership team first. They say, okay, you're going to be the director of sales. And then you go in and try to fill down. Um, I think one of the biggest secrets for like sustained growth in direct-to-home is you flip that. It's like, okay, go build the volume to justify the position and then you can really fluidly manage the position. So that's something that's really different about Vivint Solar slash Sunrun that I think we kind of understand. But the cool thing for for yours and Mike's situation is I look at you guys now, like I look at the success you've had and all of like the things that you've learned and all that you've become over those years. But it kind of started with like you guys game planning, where should we put Stu, which was a loss for you to lose a guy like Stu in your office who produces well, who's positive, who's who's like the exact example. You need that in the office. You need a guy like you, right? Yeah. But that was before Mike, that was before you and I worked together in senior leadership. I don't look at you because I need to have my mouth towards the microphone, but <laughs> yeah. I know you're over there. Don't look. Um, and so I always thought that was really cool at this company that was different than a lot of other cultures was Stu needs the opportunity. I'm gonna give Stu the opportunity and trust that it'll work out. Right. Now, New York grew once you were gone. Things went well for you. You came over here. Things have gone great for you. You've built a really big business. Yeah. I wonder we should do like a we should do like a nine years later, and you two should go back and like hit doors in Long Island. Be like this place is, this place is like. Don't you remember me? Like I'm the king. Hey, listen. The only time we were talking about us on the drive up, but the only yeah. time we knocked together on Long Island, we were like, hey, let's just split the deals for the day, and we both sold a 13 kilowatt and installed it. And I was so going to say, spoken should, like true amateurs, like, yep. <laughs> split the day, but yeah. it sounds to have worked let's in this situation. It, it split it up. But one of Stu's superpowers, I think, is his ability just to be present and just to do what needs to be done. Not worry about the past or like worry about the future, but just be where he's at. And so the fact that he was like willing to come open a new market and just kind of be not laissez-faire, but just not anxious about it, not nervous about it, just confident, but not arrogant. And I think that's one of his biggest strengths is just that that calm confidence that he can figure it out, like he can do it. And then he just trucks on no matter what happens, he just keeps going and keeps doing what he needs to do day mm-hmm. after day. And I think Stu would tell you this. I don't think when he came into sales, he was like the best salesperson in the world, you know, but day after day, he did the work he put in the inputs, whether it was recruiting to build a team or selling or learning how to sell. He just put one foot in front of another and didn't worry too much about you know what was happening around him sure but just knew where he was going yeah. you know how do you do that like how do you what advice would you have to somebody that's kind of crushed or like crippled by the like the vastness of the job yeah it's a good question i uh i think one of those things that uh, mike has really taught me was just controlling what i can control right um when we first sat down too and we talked to Jeff Strong to come out to, you know, the area because he was really close in Fresno. Mm-hmm. He was the DDM at the time. Yeah. Um, he just said there's two uh, markets. It's either you go somewhere cool and flashy and go to the coast or somewhere inland. And what, I was Visalia's like... Visalia is not cool? Yeah. I mean, Visalia is... Hey, absolutely, it's cool. I'm just saying, come on <laughs> up. what you define as cool. <laughs> I look at like the profitability metrics of your systems and I think it's cool. Yeah. Visalia is a secret, everybody. It's a gem. Visalia is a gem. And it's... The other nice thing about the office is it, it's been looked over so much that I feel like we... That kind of gives us the strength to just keep trucking to mm-hmm. it. And nobody wants to live there, but the people that live there thrive, which is amazing. Yeah, but you look at the whole like, the whole like Central <clears throat> Valley and what it's become. <clears throat> like when you first came over here, it was like, obviously there was no Visalia team, you're starting that up. Right. But California was doing a very small percentage of 
company volume. Now the industry's evolved a little bit and we know like where the, the profitable markets are, but now as it's shifted, like you guys are, at first I think we saw Visalia, myself included, is like this is gonna be kind of like a small little great office. And it's turned into a legit like flagship competitive team that's changing the lives of the individuals that work there. Like the money yeah. that's going into the economy, the money that you're saving consumers and then like the opportunity to the people that work there like the show that you and Talmadge run out there like it is a legit like powerhouse team yeah that's got to feel good right feels amazing it feels amazing also i'm just so grateful for all my guys too like it's one of those things where uh when i first left long island mike was actually managing with pat jensen and i asked pat like hey what's one of the biggest takeaways you would be as a dm and he said, just love your guys. And I feel like, you know, I've been told my whole life, hey, it's fun to be around with you, but I didn't know for myself, like, why? Why do people like being around me? Um, and it's just, I feel like I'm, cause I love my guys and I love, I'm very easy going and I can connect with everybody. It doesn't matter who you are, but I can connect with you and, and have a fun time with you. Dude, that's cool that you, you got that introspection yeah. It's also interesting that people have told you that your whole life, right? Like you just kind of have this gift and how, how do you use what you're kind of like unique? How do you magnify what's already there? Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's funny. Cause like everyone will tell Mike, like you're really hard to be around. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so he uses that. It's like an I, tried to get it, I tried to get yeah. it out without cracking no, a smile. And I hope that as it hit, it caused like, it a hurt a little bit. bit. Yeah. yeah I, I hope it stung you just a little. <laughs> Got to keep Mike on his toes. That's right. That's right. But that, that's a great point because um, even a lot of like, a lot of like content, especially like boss stuff, you know, it's like, you gotta be the one, you gotta like make sure that they know. And we talk about right. accountability and metrics and it's cool that you found your way to drive accountability and to drive metrics. But I would agree with that. Like everybody that works around you, it's not just that you emit that, you deposit it too into right. your guys, right? It's such good advice, right? And people, they don't care what you know until they know that you care. And that's probably the best piece of advice you can ever give a leader is if you're spending time connecting with your people and loving your people, being compassionate, being empathetic, like actually taking genuine care in their goals, their dreams, their aspirations, when they come to you with problems, being empathetic. Um, I mean, there's just no better advice. That, that advice makes every single person listening a better person and a better leader. And I think it's easy to forget that. Like Stu's been in the industry now, what, a decade? Yeah, just it's, about. it's easy to get into a groove and just kind of like go about your day, you know, just because we're on automatic. You've been selling so long and managing teams. But when you really take a step back, like that's what really that's what people really need. They need a leader that's compassionate and like loves them and cares about them. I was yeah. talking to Jordan yesterday about the Kanye West documentary. Have you guys seen the Kanye West? <laughs> Speaking no. of love, <laughs> Kanye and Kim's love. Oh, listen, unparalleled. Listen. I need to go on record. I think I've gone on record before and say I am pro Kardashian and I'm pro Kanye West. And I, so I told Jordan, I was like, you need to watch this documentary because there's a lot of different reasons why I think people should watch it. But one of the main things is I was like, Kanye always says he's so misunderstood. And after watching this thing, I've learned about him. I'm like six hours into Kanye's life. Wow. Right. That's six I more hours than I would dedicate. I docu watch documentaries when I travel, you know? And, uh, and I was like, dude, I, I, I have empathy for Kanye West. Like, he doesn't need it. He's worth somewhere between two and six billion dollars. Right. Kanye, I was say. right. Got his name on the ballot. Right. You could have voted for him for president. And I did. Yeah. So, <laughs> say what you want about him. But my name hasn't been on the ballot. Um, but I said to him, I was like, dude, I, I actually kind of get him. And I, and I feel empathy and love towards Kanye. And Jordan's like. But don't you think that's everybody? Like, don't you think the more you learn about somebody, yeah. the more that you love them? Yep. Mm. This is just like conversations with my brother on my way down <laughs> to San Diego. Yeah. So you think about that from a leadership standpoint, like maybe, maybe talk about your experience with that because it is true. Like somebody that, that maybe think of somebody that you know that maybe initially bugged you or, or whatever, <laughs> right? Like, and we manage salespeople, so. Right. We hopefully got some off record stuff as I was dealing with stuff on my phone. Like there's no shortage of people in a, that, are, that are type A personalities that can rub you wrong, right? But how often do you learn something about them and you're like, now I love them? Or how somebody on your team maybe that's a little bit strange at first or like, ah, oh, man, this guy. But then he becomes like a the cast best. 
in the sitcom and he's a main character in your team in your performance you know what i mean so how yeah. do you how do you take this love for people and turn it into like efficient leadership mm. and after you answer this let's write a book about that yeah that's <laughs> right Jeez, Louise. um like what are some of your tactics like it, to you it probably seems second nature and just easy because it's just how you think and how you live your life so what do you do like if i were to follow you around every day what would i see that you do that other people don't that shows guys that you actually care about them as people. Hmm. Uh, and as you mentioned this, I, I don't want to like mention names, but I'm going to, yeah, do it. It's, uh, and he, it's not that he bugged me. It's that I had a lot. We lived completely different lives. Yeah, you just didn't get each other. Maybe. Yeah. And we didn't get each other. I knew it was going to be a good fit. It was actually, uh, it's Talmadge. So Talmadge James, we lived completely different lives. We're both from Utah, but you know he's one of eleven, um, and yeah, it was he's had a hard life, but he's had a really good life. And uh, I feel like maybe I was a little cush. I have had a little cush life, but some the nice things, uh, what to say about him is that I take little bits of everything from everybody. Mm -hmm. So just cause he's had this hard life and he's, and you know, and he could, you know, not you're rub me the wrong you're way. People. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're different people, but uh, I learned so much from him and I'm cool. so grateful that I've been, you know, partnered with him for the next, last five years because he has such strong convictions in, in church, in, um, Prepping. He's a big prepper. I don't know if I should put that out, but a prepper for like like meetings or disaster, for the end like of the disaster. World? Oh, okay. Like he will put all. <laughs> he's a he's a prepper. He's got his bug out bag. He's got yeah, you know dude. he's got his Tesla batteries. Hey, listen, I identify with a I identify with a prepper, dude. Mm -hmm. find, uh, there's a bug out bag within <laughs> five seconds of where we sit right hey, now. There you go. Tell much I got you, bro. There you go. I think that's a cool concept, though. Is just you know I think what Stu's saying is to even someone that's complete opposite of you that you may not vibe with right away, if you can genuinely take an interest in that person, say like, what can I learn from that person? Yeah. You know, that's that's one of your superpowers. Like you're you have a lot of humility, um, and so you can go into a situation and say, okay, what can I learn from that person? And that's the fastest way to make a connection. 100%. When, when you're genuine with someone and you're really taking what they say and their life experiences, although they may be different or maybe you don't vibe right away, but you're like, okay, what, what can I learn from this person? They feel that. That's a feeling, you know, that humility and that genuine interest in the other person. Yeah. So I think that's a, that's a key takeaway for what Stu does and what he's good at. Yeah, like as you were talking, I was thinking about like, say you were walking around like an art gallery. Right. And you like stop and look at each piece and every piece might not be for you, but it has its own story, has its own energy. It has its own like takeaway. When you think of like the different, like just the different flavors of people from like their experience to their upbringing, to their chemical makeup, to what they think, to what they feel, to what they experience. Like it is like it is literally everybody's kind of like a like an art display. Right. Yeah. And so it's interesting that the more that it's not hard, I found we just don't think to do it like. To say, like, say you have someone that's underperforming, right? And you bring them in for an interview. It's really easy as leaders to say, you know, maybe you're talking to your co-manager like, ah, oh, this guy, dude, he just keeps not performing. But how different is the story when you sit down and say, hey, before we start, how, how are you? How are things going? That question alone, that, it's what we do with sales every day. It's qualifying. You may right. say, he may be like, man, things are really hard for me because I got sick. And you're like, I had no idea. This completely changes what comes next, right? Or, eh, things are hard at home, I, man, my, my, my wife, or this relationship ended, or I just lost custody of one of my kids. Like, right. man. Right. So you can be an excellent leader just if you just tie into that human element. And it's funny, cause like, to kind of like deconstruct you on the spot, I can tell it's hard for you to articulate cause you're like, man, I'm just me. Like, yeah. I don't know what I do that makes people like me. And I know it's weird to talk about yourself, but it's why your cousin and me are here because it's like, yeah. I, I have never met a person that's like, oh, bro, Stu, this guy, he's just, dude, he is just, my gosh. I've never heard a that. dick. <laughs> everybody, everybody likes you. And it's because whenever I sit with you, it's, how you doing, dude? How are the six kids? I've got five. It's right. And it's like, yeah. oh, I'm connected to you, 
right? Like immediately, I get it. But we do that with customers. You're like, maybe you meet a guy that's totally into swords and wizards and crap. That's right. And it's weird. But then you ask him and you're like, you know what? You're cool, yeah. right? Hey, like, that's right. Hey. Why is that weird, man? It's not. It's it's just a path I don't know. You're not hey. into wizards. I could be. That tell mean, me about wizards. Have man. you ever seen a wizard? <laughs> tell me. Tell me about their properties, <laughs> right? So it's interesting. I think that's a real good takeaway. Like we could all benefit in leadership by being a bit more personal. I think a lot of people are scared to do that. Like they're scared that if right. they do that, then right. oh, I've opened a door that shouldn't be opened. People are scared to be vulnerable. That's right. You know, I think if you treat people like the vast majority of people who you meet are going through something really hard right now, you're gonna be right the majority of the time. Yeah. But we're so scared to be vulnerable and say, I'm going through something hard or to ask them and really listen and show empathy because we wanna put on this tough guy leader persona, but that's not real leadership. That's right. like shallow leadership. The best leaders are the ones that are vulnerable. They're willing to share their story. They're willing to share their shortcomings and their faults and connect with people in that way yeah you know yeah i remember um i remember once we were in an office and uh jordan was talking to a rep that was struggling and this is something that i think jordan's really learned over the years is how to do this right but it maybe wasn't the first instinctive thing for him right sure. so i know you can learn it um and he said well you just have to do this this and this and you know jordan was selling a million and everything and life looks like it's easy. And they said to him, well, that's easy for you to say because you sell a lot. You right. sell three a day. And it was funny for him because the moment that he started to learn it, and I don't know if this is like, this is like kind of like part where he started working on it, but I saw like development because he's like, hey, <clears throat> he got real vulnerable for a second. And he's like, don't take it away from me. Selling's hard for me too. Like in order for me to do three, this is what it takes. So I'm just like you, like I'm struggling just like you and the things that I'm like struggling with, maybe I'm a couple steps further down the path, like, you know, take, take some notice. Um, that was just really cool for me to see where it's like, oh, like once we understand each other, we can move. But if you don't open that door, it's really hard to lead a group. It's really hard to lead anybody down a, a specific path. You know what I mean? Right. Um, one of the things I love is I love sales stories. Like I love like, I love like the, 30 for 30 style, like on reps. What are some of the people that you work with? What are some cool stories that you see right now? Like who's ha experiencing a turnaround or who's who's who is it working for right now? Who are you excited about? Oh, that's a great question. I'm, I'm super excited about uh, the newly, we just promoted a DM, his name's Scott Fetter. Scott Fetter, hey, what Scott up Scott Fetter, Fetter, dude? Scott he's, getting some props. He's getting yeah, some man. props, well dude. Well deserved. He, uh, I'm just super impressed by Scott. He kind of did this job as he was in the fire academy. And so it was kind of a part-time thing. He was gonna be a firefighter. That's what he, he wanted to do. He was, you know, loves serving people and being an EMT and all that stuff. Uh, and then he got out his first season with Cal Fire, went up and it was it's fighting uh, outdoor fires out yeah here? outdoor fires like when you first when you first start i guess you're just digging trenches up in the mountains so they just drop <laughs> you off dig in the fire line it's crazy there's got to be like can't you hitch like a like a plow to a dirt bike and pull it around or something no, you really got to do they, that by no, hand you they build need the character yeah by i understand hitches. but that fire is moving fast can you build character yeah. another way while you solve the problem the only way to build character <laughs> is to build dig ditches and dig holes that's right and we have a story later on that all right <laughs> yes, we do. don't forget to come back to that but go ahead with scott because oh, it's important so uh he was up in Cal Fire and they were all excited like, hey, you just got the biggest raise of your whole of Cal Fire's history. And it was like something like 30, like $42,000 for the season. And I think it's nine months of work. Yeah. Hard work, crazy work. Crazy. And they're away from their families grind. and stuff while they're fighting. Yeah, right? so four days off or four days on, three days off. So they tag someone that's all showered going in and you come out that's of that right. thing just fired just like after black. facing a fire yep. for four days. Like Paradise Fire and stuff like that stuff yeah. he would have been fighting. Right? Yep, he was up there. Those are the worst fires in history. It's absolutely insane. And so for he- 42 grand a year. 42 grand for the season. Digging ditches. Yep, and it was like this <laughs> right. huge raise. But uh, his first season, his wife, they just had their first baby and his wife's like, ah, you know, the, th the three days off isn't enough. 
you got to be here. It's too, you know, it's too scary. We've had this crazy, scary fires up in, up, up in the valley, and we're just not going to, you're not going to do that. You're going to go all in on solar. And so he said, because all the other firemen have jobs, like 42 grand, you know, for the yeah, season. Especially you in know? California. Like, yeah. yeah. You can't. You can't live. So they all have second jobs. And so he was like, yeah, I do solar on the side. Um, and he went back and he has, he installed 20 every quarter My all of last year. And he's on pace. He's one away from franchise this quarter. Wow. And so. What a great, what a great story. And hey, bless you, Mrs. Fetter. That's right. right? Like for saying you're not doing this anymore. That's. Man, what a cool thing! It's wives all, always know best. Wives know best. We were talking about this on the uh, on the road here with my wife Maddie, and um, one of the things that you there's a few moments in your life that change your life for the whole for your whole life, mm-hmm. and one of them was with Mike. Uh, we were in leadership prep. We, uh, that was basically the prime it's group on Long Island in Long 2013, Island. Yeah, 2014. Um, and Mike just, we weren't, we, the prime guys weren't producing. We were having a bad week and he's just like, ah, you guys just don't care. Um, and then he like, I was sitting right next to him and he's like, ah, you just, you guys just don't want to be DMs. Cause it was like that time, another round of DMs to be hired and needed to be every two spots. weeks. We were opening yeah. up a new office. It was so for crazy. Vivid Solar. crazy. Every two weeks we were opening up a new market. Yeah. So and, I turned to Stu and said, ah, I mean, you don't even, I mean, seems yeah. like you don't even want to be a DM. And I just took it. I took it in the chin and I went home. <laughs> I just like, I went home and told Maddie about it, my wife. And she's like, what are you talking about? That's all you want to do. And so I was like, and it just it like light bulb. I was like, okay, I got to call Mike. I got to figure this out. And that's before we game planned. That was like, hey, I had to decide, mm. hey, Mike, I need to talk to you like man to man. We went to lunch, Chipotle. There you go. Shout out Jordan Williams. Uh, but we went to Chipotle and literally we're like, okay, this is what you need to do. And we need, and then, then the game planning started. Then we were calling, we were looking at the office and it cool. was, it was real. There's such a good lesson in that. Cause I think so often we don't view ourselves as like what we're actually capable of, like as our potential and yeah. as a leader, there's a lot of people that work with you or alongside you or for you that they don't they don't see the potential that they have. And sometimes all it takes is a conversation, like looking them in the eyes and saying, hey, you're you're leadership material. Like you should be running a small team of people yeah. a year yeah. from now or two years from now. You should be running a team of people in this industry. Yeah. That's what you're capable of. That's your potential. Yeah. And you're not seeing it. I've walked that path. Here's the stones to step on. And that's what leadership is. That's it's giving people that vision. And Stu's done it with Scott, for example. You know, he's mm-hmm. given them that vision of saying, "Okay, this is what you need to do. We want to help you grow into a leadership position in Visalia and come run this office with us." Right? Yeah. Right. That's really cool. Who are some of the Who are some of the mentors? I mean, obviously, you're sitting here with Mike, so we'll just skip that one and trust that Mike's been a good mentor. <sighs> who are some mentor. of the mentors and le- lessons that you've learned? I'm just kidding. You can include Mike, but. Yeah. Who, who are some of the mentors and what have you learned specifically from the different people on your path? Um, so Pat Jensen, right? He was the DM with, he was my first DM. Uh, like I said, the love, love your reps. And yeah, I've always Pat. tried to do that. that. That's Pat. He, he knew everybody at corporate. That's he knew cool everybody, That's cool. everybody, right? And everybody loves Pat. He's, mm-hmm. he's very, very likable, right? Um, and I remember asking him what, what I wanted to do or what, what his secret was, and that's what it was. Uh, I remember sitting down when we were gaming planning with J-Lo, Jeremy Long, and he said, a lot of people get promoted and then they, they're not looking to demote you. They don't want you to, it's time to plateau up. So it's basically go up and then you hit the new level. Like, hey, you were installing you know, 10 as prime. Now we're really looking into leadership. Now it's time to hit 15. It's and always another it's level. It's always the next level. And then that's your new baseline. Yeah. Right? And so with the Peloton, I did the same thing. Dude, you crushed the Peloton, by the way. Hold on. Sorry to derail you, but I took a class that you took the other day, Kendall's 15-minute pop punk ride. 
And you smashed the crap out of that ride. Because listen, I don't Peloton very often, but in my head, I can compete with anybody in Peloton. And you, do, bro. Those are some tree trunks, bro. I mean, you, look at those legs. So right Christian there. Calabuso beat you, and Christian Calabuso is oh. like, I mean, he is Peloton royalty, right? But you were next. And you were ahead of every other person I follow by a margin. I actually have meant to talk to you about it because I pushed out my measly respectable 150 kilojoules or whatever we measure on there. <laughs> That's right. And you were like, like, I want to say you were like 540 or something crazy. I love the Peloton. Yeah, so we the just Peloton got loves you, just dude. Got in January. If there was a pro Pelotoner, like you'd be hey, on that team. Dude, New I'd nickname, love nickname, Stu Kilojoule. No, no. <laughs> Stu Kilojoule, dude. Mega Joule, dude. Mega Joule. So, no, I've actually wanted to do the solicitor, right? Tyler the Peddler. Yeah, Stu Tyler the, the Peddler. That's my, that's my Peloton name, dude. That's but right. it's not pedal like your wow, bike. Wow, that it's like, is. You know, you already know. Yeah, you already know. it yeah. means two things. So. Yeah. The Williams brothers. They're thinkers, dude. They're thinkers. They're thinkers. That's right. At least so, I don't remember what got us on the Peloton, but we were talking about mentors and oh takeaways. the baseline the new baseline, baseline. so once right. i hit uh i think it was in february once i hit 400 i'm like okay well on a 30 minute ride i hit 400 i'm like i'll never go below 400 again it's i will true, kill Mike. myself He's never gone below before 400. i go 400 before 400 is intense 400. yeah 400 I, I don't think i've hit that and i i think i go hard but i guess i don't yeah well, because we, we usually do like, right, every 10 me. minutes every hard. 10 minutes you should do 100 right so it's like oh 300 is respectable Okay, so right. my 151 is not. Yeah, well, not the great. 150 for 15 minutes, right? It's not terrible. Yeah, not terrible. That's great. So, what That's would great. it be for 30 minutes? Would I could I assume it would be 300? 300. Okay, right. All right, so I'm on your. I'm on your. At least I'm like respectable. I'm not That's on your right. level, but you're not gonna like spit on me as you drive past. I me. mean, the dudes. I mean, there's some crazies. I actually want to uh, follow. What's his name? Christian Calabuso. Yeah. Cruising Cali 79 or so. You can see him in my friends. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. He's got like all these tactics and like he knows like like the science of how to like increase your kilojoules. Yeah. It's kilojoules, isn't it? Yeah, it is cool. Kilojoules. See? Resistance. Eh, <laughs> Get like your output. Do you have a Peloton? I sold my Peloton when I moved. Man. Do we even have anything to talk about with Mike? Yeah, no. I've, I have 52 career rides, so oh, wow. it's not like it's not like <laughs> I, had a lot I just more hit than 52 that. myself. Yeah, but you got yours in January. I've had mine True. for three years, so <laughs> I got it. anyway. Um, so J Lo and the baseline. Who else comes? To yeah. Mind? So uh, and then it's really um, I learned a lot from Forest Flesh about just getting referrals, taking care of your customers, mm -hmm. and making sure that hey. You there, your network is your net worth, right? And so he he had tons of people just giving him tons of referrals. I mean, no neighbors walking into his house, right? But I mean, uh, pretty that close, was one. pretty so, close. Yeah, and uh, I just pick up these little tidbits throughout the whole um, throughout everybody. Talmage is also one. Yeah, he's very charitable, very mm. charitable, uh, and I've actually increased giving. It did fast offerings because of Talmadge, mm. um, way more than I ever thought I would. And that Talmadge has largely uh, contributed to that. Yeah, That's cool. You have a consistent like kind of theme of, of learn something from everybody. Um, one of my favorite quotes from Einstein is everybody's a genius, but if you judge a fish by his ability to climb a tree, he'll live his whole life believing he's an idiot. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like you look at some people. I always give the example of like if I ran finance, you would think I was a complete freaking idiot, right? Uh, I got a loan the other day. I'll tell everybody a personal story. I got a loan the other day, like signed all the documents, DocuSigned everything. Notary came over to my home with me and my wife, signed all the documents, final loans. And then they, they, they like deposited for the, it was a cash out refund. They deposited for it. And I was like, what the heck is this? What are the terms on this? I didn't know. I didn't know the terms of, you don't want me running finance, man. Like you do, <laughs> you, you would think I'm a complete idiot, right? But you put me in the right role and it's like, oh, wow, you're, wow, this is your thing. You know? And I think if you yeah. can see that, which you seem to do pretty well, like, what are you great at? And you can't do that unless you know the person, right? So right. everybody's got some level that they can contribute. You know what I mean? What is it to every individual? That's right. You know, and nobody can be great at everything, right? But they're really good at their their thing. Yeah. And and so. Yeah, I think if you don't know what your thing is, go ask the people you work around. Go ask your leader. Go ask your co-manager. 
go ask your DM if you're a rep, like what are my strengths? What do you view as my strengths? And then spend your time, effort, energy, like developing those strengths to the extreme, like maximize those strengths before you do anything else, because that's also your zone of genius, right? So we all operate um, in a zone of genius where we're, we're the best. And when you're operating in that, that's naturally like who you are. And so it brings out the very best in you. That's when you feel that joy. That's when you feel like, wow, like this is what I'm meant to do, Mm -hmm. you know? But if you don't, if you haven't recognized that, you have it. It's somewhere, you just don't know what it is. Go ask somebody. Right. That's great. Uh, Like I have certain people that I think are great at that. That like, so Dylan Pereira is a DM in Arizona and he's probably done that with me more than anybody in the last two years where even like I'll give a training or something at a conference and then without fail I'll get an email or a text within like a day saying hey uh, I took this from that can you can I schedule 15 minutes with you and then when I get on the phone with him he's like hey where am I good at this and where am I bad at it and it like puts me on the spot because I'm like okay I'm gonna tell you like what I think Uh, Devereaux Smith is great at that Uh, Tim Clarkson is great at that um but then I had a conversation with, I think Mike's advice is really important because I had a conversation with the DM just probably a couple of weeks ago. And I said, hey, do you know what you're best at? Like, what are you great at? And he didn't know. He, he was like, um, and I was like, you don't know like what you're best at. And I ended up telling him what I thought he was best at. And he was really like, yeah, it's kind of like when Mike sat you down and said, you should be leading teams. And this is someone that I know really well and I think the world of. And I was like, this is what you're great at. And they were like, oh. So it's a good example for me, number one, ask. Like, ask. Like, if you you don't know sincerely, like, don't spend your life not knowing. And then number two is as a leader, you gotta tell people. Yeah. Right? You just gotta tell them because we don't wanna be arrogant or we don't wanna be inaccurate or we don't wanna be like all about us. And so oftentimes we don't really think about it. But if someone else is like, hey, did you know that you're great at unifying the group? Did you know that you're great at breaking down training into a simple form? Did you know that you're great at no one's better at managing their customers than you. A lot of people have never thought about that before. Right. Think how powerful that is too, just to find the good in each person. Yeah. You know, that's that's leadership, right? Yeah. That's If you're finding the good in each person, that's one thing Stu's really good at, then people want to follow you. You'll have people following you, right? Yeah. What are you excited about for the next couple of years? Like what's on the, what's on your like, I don't hmm. want to say bucket list, but what are you excited about as you look towards the future? Mm, what am I excited about? How old about? is your youngest? My youngest is two. I'm excited You're for her to You're getting close to, to actually, get out of diapers, bro. Yeah, That's dude. a big thing. Oh. I'm excited for her to actually learn how to swim so I can take my swim net down. There it is. <laughs> the gate. It's all right you to have I mean? simple things, man. Yeah. Let's do that. I'm excited. So we're redoing our backyard, too. We're putting a half-court basketball hoop and a hot tub in, finally. And I'm, I'm super stoked about that. It sounds... I'm a Probably horrible I'm a on this iPad, hot tub. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, I do. I, I love it. Uh, and so I'm super excited about that. I'm excited to also just see my kids grow up. Yeah. I think one of those things where with this job, we can literally watch uh, your kids just blossom. Um, this, uh, this season, we've had three kids in basketball and they've just, they picked up a ball and they love it just like their mother. Man, awesome. Maddie played D1 basketball in Wisconsin. I didn't and know that. Yeah. Maddie puts it down. And Maddie Maddie is Maddie ball. runs the Watson court. Yeah. All right. Yeah. She not not to interject, but on Long Island, we were in a basketball men's basketball yes. league and she was eight months pregnant. Just breaking ankles. Like dominating the men. <laughs> hey. Eight months pregnant. Oh, I wish you could see the vision in my head. I I, we have exactly the picture. That. We have the picture. Yeah, actually. Yeah, you pull in the shirt, the Long Island champs. Oh, that's yeah. so great. Yeah. But what else are you excited about, man? Um, I'm excited. I just love the, I mean, we always call it the orange rocket ship because of Vivint, but I love the way um, things are going, right? I mean, things, and we're changing everybody's life. Like, it, and I, this is the one thing that I took from, I think you said in a podcast once where it, your 16 year old self couldn't imagine where I was right. at now. Like I literally look back on that one little decision of becoming a DM or pushing that or moving to New York at all. Yeah. My neighbors thought I was crazy. And now my neighbors moved to Visalia and they work with me. It's like crazy. It's like uh, you look back um, and 
just how much uh, gratitude I have for all those little decisions and it's all worth it. I'm yeah. also excited about uh, just new new markets to open up. I mean, every state's gonna have Sunrun in it. That's, that's insane. Yeah, we're working towards it now with serviceability. We'll have service. I mean, not every market currently, you know, in the not next every year utility, so is gonna have right? a direct yeah. sales team. But, but the first step is deploying operational support because yeah, like we're, it's really interesting, man, being, being on a global scale. Like I don't think people understand how big the Ford partnership is. Like eventually, as, as, as I read a report this morning that every report that comes out from the UN on climate change is so much worse than they thought, always, right? And just look around. Yeah. Like every right. fire in California is the worst fire in history every time. Right. Every ice storm is the most severe. Every power outage is the most people for the longest time. Like we're kind of past this whole, oh, is it a thing? And yes, there are cycles, but it's worse than it's ever been in recorded history, period. So right. that there's that. There's conflict overseas for a supplier that only gives us two to three percent of our oil. But look what's happening. Gas is six twenty. Dude, I met with somebody here the other day that had come driving in a truck and they said that when they, you know, in California the pump shuts off after a hundred bucks, you don't right. fill your car up and you don't get to a hundred bucks no. on that Prius life still. But if you drive a big truck, you fill up, it shuts off at a hundred bucks. He had put the pump in his truck and put his credit card in the machine three different times to get to $240 to fill his gas tank to get here. No so that's changing. Then you look at like overall security and independence and technology, like the ability to have an electric vehicle and to have that vehicle provide seamless backup for your home is just gonna be a massive thing. So think about that. And then the yeah. new technology that we're coming out with and the products and the new financial products that are coming, it is a wildly exciting time. Like we're, we're, yeah. we're kind of at the top of the roller coaster looking down the thing, like it is, about to break. Yeah, it's just a wild time. And it's funny because if you think about in two, 2013 or whatever, when you started, it's like people are like, oh, we're getting on the rocket ship. What a time. Yeah. And now you look at once you've been actively pushing at something and you have like, like large global capital, you have the acceleration of innovation happening, and then you have all of these climate and political things happening. Like it is going to explode in the most beautiful way. And you were right in the intersection wearing the King of Visalia crown. What <laughs> a time baby. to be alive, dude. What a time to be uh, alive, man. So Talmadge actually last year made me a Dundee and it said King of Visalia. I, I, I was going to bring it, to, yeah, but I didn't bring That's it. That's one of those things you keep, you know, like I, yeah. I haven't kept a lot of like plaques and like articles and stuff, but those things like yeah. the random, like the I, random things that you get. You I know? have all the, I have all a whole wall of vivid stuff and it's like the little tokens of, hey, you installed a hundred this year. I want a Tony Hawk skateboard on yeah. Instagram. Boom. Boom. Hey, we want an Apple TV for wearing <laughs> 4th of July costumes. <laughs> Dude, I remember. <laughs> they were like onesie suits, That's you right. guys. We they were not the worst in American flag onesies. <laughs> Fourth of July. We remember. That's how close we are. That's we right. remember. That's right. But that's a cool thing for like uh, also for a takeaway. Like people love being around you, but you're all in. Like yeah. I'm never leaving Visalia and I'm knocking in the fourth of July in onesies. And that's right. you're one of our most prominent leaders and you're winning contests on Instagram. When we do our leadership <laughs> meetings and we'd start with like trivia, you're always winning the trip. You're just in, dude. And that's Jason Delstra's that way. Like I always say, like, you want Jason on your team because he's right. all in. Like he's yeah. just that you, that you just gotta respect someone that's like, I bet if we were to break out a board game right now, Mike would get mad and try to fight one of us. He would be <laughs> He'd all flip in. the table. And I'd that's be right. like, guys, 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 it's just a game, right? Like, so it was today in the in his pool. He's like, I bet I could be in the pool longer than you because he's got the pool at 60. I was like, cold water? no, I, I will die in this pool before. <laughs> I need to know who got out first. I did. Okay. I didn't even 100%. get in the hot tub. I lasted Take two minutes. Take his soul. Mike goes all in, but he's he's quick to admit when he's wrong. So it's like if he's going right. to get hypothermia in there, there's no sense dying. Like right. I'm not actually going to die. It's right. a good cold water plunge. Yeah, right. like you got the benefit of right. it. You That's got a good it. story and you're out <laughs> and Stu won. You know? uh, Stu, you're the man. Thanks so much for coming in and sharing with us. What what advice do you have for people in their, in their combine? People that are starting uh, on the journey now. Just make it simple. I feel like... Uh, Everybody says that at the very end of this, the the podcast, but the don't reinvent the wheel. It's, I mean, back in 2013 when we didn't have a pitch, we didn't know how it worked. Um, that's that's the time we, you know, basically did it, 
And then Jordan came out with the pitch, or Ty came out with the chip pitch, and you know, you're thinkers, and you 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 cut everything down to so simple. Uh, just do what is asked of you, right? So it's super simple. If they say, hey, do 30 pitches, and here's the pitch, go say that to your wife 30 times before you come back to the meeting, just do that. You're gonna have a such big leg up if you just do the small and simple things. Um, I feel like we have tons of combine guys that come in and they have great success because they keep it simple, but then they learn what a kilojoule is or whatever. <laughs> and <laughs> they, they want to integrate it in. That's right. They're like, hey, where does kilojoule fit in? Oh, yeah, here you go, Mr. <laughs> Jones. And we're going to get you the kilojoules. And no, it just doesn't work, you know? So um, keep it simple, man. Yeah, keep it simple. And whatever you think you know, you don't. Just don't, don't say that stuff. Just say what we tell you to say. <laughs> Sounds yeah. horrible. Don't reinvent the wheel. But Do you, don't reinvent the wheel. Yeah. On the early Apple products, it, I don't think it says it anymore, but it used to say a Leonardo da Vinci quote that says simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. And I always, it's funny as a leader because have you, have you guys ever had the experience where someone comes to you and you're like, how are you doing? I'm like, great. I've simplified my life. Like when, you know, wow. like people say that, like, like it's like a new year thing or whatever, but they're like, mm -hmm. I've simplified. I think like Jason Allen says that. Nah, that's a lot of times exactly like, what I was thinking of. Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he's positive energy and just great. But he'll often be like, hey, dude, I've simplified my life. And it's like, for, I think that's such great advice for new reps. It's like you're doing this for the foreseeable future. So yeah. strip everything else away and be great. You know, that reminds me of Jesse. So he, he said, you only wear about five shirts anyway. We'll get rid of all the other shirts that you have. Why would you have them in your closet? So I donated like six bags of stuff. You know? You're just it's a like, doer, man. Simple, man. Like Jesse said Simple. five shirts, now yeah, I have five like, shirts. Yeah, I've talked talk about Stu's superpower a few times, but that might be the, his ultimate superpower. Above the ultimate superpower yeah, that you the said. Ultimate the ultimate superpower one. is whatever he's asked, he will just go do. Like he's so humble. That humility is so rare to just say, okay, listen, I'm gonna do whatever you tell me to do, and I'm just gonna do it to the best of my ability. I'm gonna trust you and I'm gonna trust the process. And that's the ultimate guide yeah. to success in this industry is there's people who've paved the way. Like your right. leaders have paved the way for you. They know how to have success. Yeah. Ask them what you need to do and then be humble enough to take their advice and go and do it. Yeah. I didn't make the pitch. I just I just do what my leaders did. It seems you to know? be working out well for yeah, you, too. it works. <laughs> You're an easy guy to root you know? for, man. I look forward to continued success. Thank you for being on, and thank you guys for joining us with Mike Brand as the special co-host of the day. One more cut, just Get really it. quick. We gotta. I don't want to drag on too long here, but we got to talk about digging ditches a little bit. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Just really quick. I forgot about digging ditches. Because there's some character you building. You told me not to forget. Holes. That is. So talk about your, your wife's doula, and what was it, her fourth birth? Yeah. So my fourth kid, Maddie, my wife, decided to have a home birth. Great. Okay. It's great. Easy great. peasy. We're going to sleep I'm, in my I'm, own bed. I'm nervous about home births. I'll go out there. It might be yeah. the right thing for some people. I'm nervous. Go on. Yeah, I was nervous too. But um, I know Maddie's a rock star. She had already had three kids. Sure. Uh, no epidurals. Three for three. Yeah. No nothing. Like, no epidurals? Yeah, no epidurals. She's fine. Like the third kid... She super easy. A slip out. The barely doctor wasn't even there. Yeah. The doc I mean, he barely got there and the nurse caught the baby, you know? So it was yeah, like, fine. oh, I'll just do a home birth next time, Maddie says. So when you get a, when you have a home birth, you get a, a doula. A doula. Uh, yeah. That's a, a, and a doula is like someone who like yeah. guides you through the home birth, right? That's right. And they're the expert. That's right. So she says, hey, when you're having contractions, so-and-so, I think it's every five minutes or whatever, and they have to last a minute, uh, call me. I live in Fresno. I'll just come on down. So Maddie's about to have our fourth kid, Nellie, and I call her, say, hey, uh, we're, we're about ready. You know, you, how about you start making your way down? She's got to fill up the tub. It would have been in our living room. But she got there. She was filthy dirty. <laughs> Like like fighting fighters? Like just got out of a hole, yeah. And then she comes in, I was like, yeah, uh, like would dirt. you like to shower? Yeah, like, like filthy dirt. She was dirty. covered in dirt. dirt. This woman who was going to birth What time Stu's was it? It was, it was your birthday, because my fourth birth, Hell. my first kid was born on your birthday, on Easter 2018. And Me and my wife had a debate the other day. I told her I've never had a birthday on Easter, and she said I was wrong, and it turns out that I am. Yep, it was yeah. Easter Sunday. Uh, wives are always right. The first. <laughs> why even? Yeah. Why, yeah. why even? Yeah. And she's like, I was, I had my five kids digging a hole, and she literally showed a picture of her whole family in a hole to their necks. For what purpose? Just for character. 
just out in the, <laughs> out in the woods. I told you. Just to build character. Trenches and holes build character. And They're now it's all... a verifiable fact. Yep. What time did you say this was when she came over? She came over. So Nellie was born probably at seven in the afternoon or seven in the evening. Right in the evening. And so, so she, day, they were digging a hole all day, hole. Ty. And you need to have your family go dig a hole today. <laughs> Listen, I'm a Southern, I'm up, a Southern California lot. So there's no space on my artificial turf. I live in Thneedville. So you can't like, if you've seen the Lorax, you have all, a beach. Yeah. I just dig down I guess all the way. Dig the beach. I was saying anywhere my kids would dig, I think they would get in trouble by like, it's supposed to be hard. You might get in trouble. <laughs> That's the whole damn point. Let me, let me do this. I will, I will commit to you that within 12 months time, I will have all six of my children having dug to their respective capability a neck deep ditch. Wow! Within wow. a year, and you'll that send is a, a picture. Commitment. I'll send a picture. Hey. So for Rocco, dude, that's like a that's like a four foot eight hole. Yeah. Because he's almost five foot, you know. That's and right. then Wolf's eight months, so we'll have to figure that out. Yeah. Shovel a shovel long and shovel deep, right? That's how. She had her family digging holes. Yeah, and she just showed up. The she wise doula. Up. She's like, hey. I, I I know you needed my help, so I came straight from the woods. It's a sanitary yeah. operation. Don't touch mm-hmm. my wife with that, especially now. <laughs> did there. she shower? She did. Yeah, I was yeah. like, hey, you can shower. She did bring uh, clothes and her assistant, so I was like, okay. Yeah, she just got sure. in the tub with Maddie. I did. Too. <laughs> <And the baby. laughs> Let me just run this once before you fill it. <laughs> On that note, yeah, Stu, freaking mega jewel, Stu kilojoule, mega jewel, Watson. kilojoule. Watson. That's what it is. Thank you, Stu. Appreciate you, buddy. Yeah. Thanks for having us. You're the man. If you've liked what you've heard and are interested in joining our teams, just DM us on Instagram and one of us will reach out about how to join this dynamic opportunity. You want to come be a part of the best sales team, solar team in the industry? Hit us up. Sunrun. Thanks for hanging out with us today. This is Electric People. Take these principles and go be electric. Electric.